Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiacos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiacos, I say, you're a crazy good deal like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's happening, Red and White fans? We have ourselves a fiery, fiery post-match show today. Some controversy in the game that we all just watched. Uh, uh, A crazy game. Uh, all things considered, a lot to stuff, a lot of stuff to unpack here. But before we do, obviously, I'm joined by Lambro and Costa. Boys, how you feeling? Go ahead, Lambro. Start. How do you feel? No, I. It, it's odd because we're gonna get into all of it. But the the biggest feeling I have after the game was I feel like we're gonna win the title this year. That that was my main feeling I took away from the game. I. Um. I just feel like we're putting everything together to, and, and and we're starting to play really good football, and we should have won tonight. And we'll get into the situation of everything that's that's happened tonight. But Olympiacos is starting to look like Olympiacos again. And if you look at the larger macro trends, the team is starting to play good. And there were men, moments in that game where you're watching the team play, and you're like, "This is a team with the pieces it had." playing like this that could have done done something amazing from the start of the season. I think Costa said it in our chat, like this is a team that's two months behind everyone else. Like we didn't, the preseason was shot. It was shit. Europe was a shit show. So we're playing one team one week, another team the other. And it felt like tonight we put some pieces together and, and, and not just put it together. I think we put the pieces together. And if the team keeps playing like that, I think we're going to, I think we're going to come back and we're going to win the title this season. That was my takeaway. I know the gap's 10 points, but straight away, that was my feeling. Like I left feeling like we, we can still do this. You know, the team has proved to me like we can still do this. Costa, yeah. how you feel, buddy? Uh, it's hard not to feel violated, man, <laughs> honestly. Um, I think they're, you know, after the heart, the heart palpitations have gone down a little bit because it was it was very hard after the end of the game. Um, I think there are two sides, two sides of the coin. On the one hand, I think I feel confident for the first time that we can turn it around, based on what I saw today. Uh, and on on the other hand, just utterly violated. Um, so yeah, two two sides to the coin, and lots to get into today. Um, besides the match itself, things that have happened afterwards. Sorry, guys. I know we said we'd start at 11.05, um, but uh, we were listening also to to what Chairman Marinakis had to say. And we'll get into all of that as well. And thank you for thank you for staying up wherever you guys are tuning in from. Uh, lots to get into tonight. First take from me. Well, we're going to jump into all of that, guys. But before we do, as always, we got some quick housekeeping items. Uh, before we jump into our sponsors, guys, don't forget, those of you that are watching, we have a lot tuning in already, a lot of people that were in the waiting room. If you haven't done so already, quickly hit that like button, subscribe if you don't already. Anytime that you guys engage with the show, whether it's 
following, subscribing, or liking the shows that happen. It helps us spread. The algorithm picks it up and spreads it to more Red and White fans. New Red and White fans literally join this community every day. So help be a part of that. Help us continue to gather all of the Red and White fans in the world so that we can make this community even bigger. Hit the like, hit the subscribe button, and don't forget to ring the bell if you want to be notified anytime that we go live. First sponsor of the night, of course, we have Piraeus International. For those of you shipping in and out of Greece, in and out of the United States, to anywhere in the world, from anywhere in the world, give our friends a call, Piraeus International. Check out their website, www.piraeusintl.com, or you can give them a call at 410-675-4696. They are a U.S.-based entity. And last but not least, as always, before all of the games, we give you guys some of the bets, some of the money lines that are out. Use the promo code GATE7INTL. That is in all caps, by the way. I did have someone DM me with some issues with that. So use that promo code. We always drop links to the direct landing page for you uh, anytime we make these social media posts. And you can make some money. As always, we discuss the stats. We try to help you guys and inform you so that you can make the best bets possible. Gate7INTL is the promo code at betus.com. All right, boys, let's get into the into this without further ado. Libyakos won, Penaltyakos, I love it, won. A lot to unpack here, but let's get started. Actually, I want to start with something very, very briefly. I don't want to spend too much time on it. There was a statement by Marcelo right before the game uh, about uh, why he wasn't selected that the player made on his socials. We're not spending too much time on this. So really quickly, did that annoy you guys? Very much so. Yeah, it annoyed me too. Um, I, I want to say like some people were going back and forth with me because I, I, I sat there and I read the statement like three or four times and I read what other people were, were saying. So I want to bring up both sides because some people kind of were like, oh, it makes sense. He's saying he's not included and he wants to play or some shit, but it's um, – I asked uh, a guy on Twitter was like, oh, do you not understand what this means? Like, uh, and I, I really didn't. I read it a few times and I, I was just like, what is the point of saying this? Like, th- th- to put it in perspective, the statement came about an hour before the game and he was basically like, I, I, I'm healthy. I should be playing, blah, blah, blah. I'm not injured. Today I was working out too. Today should have been an off day for me, but I was training. I want to be there. I'm not the one who makes selections like fair enough, dude. Like, uh, thanks. Thanks for letting us know you're fit and like whatever, but this is bigger than you. Like we have one of the biggest games of the season an hour before, like, or an hour before the biggest game of the season. Like, well, why are you saying these things? Like some of the players may have their phone out before that. Like it's an hour and a half hour before the game. Like a player could see that and be like, Oh, Marcelo's kind of like going, putting a dig in, like, why is he not playing and whatever. It's just so uncalled for. Um, I don't know. I, I really, it left a bad taste in my mouth. So I guess some people saw it as like Marcelo wanted to say that he, he wants to be there, but the coach didn't include him. Marcelo wants to play, but I saw it more as like taking a slight at the the coach and the team before a big game. I don't know. Maybe I misread it. I know some people read it that that's way. How, that's how I saw it. And it, it probably wouldn't have annoyed me as much if he had come into the team and he was like fit and ready to play then maybe I would give him some leeway. But, dude, you came in 10 kilos overweight. You were not ready to play. We brought you in. You weren't ready. So 
I, I, I love the guy. I'm a huge Real Madrid fan. I, I loved him watching, loved watching him play all of those years he was at Real Madrid. But I'm sorry, given the season that we've had at Olympiacos, given what's been going on, how important this game is, it is the derby. This is the derby, one of the best derbies in the world. In my opinion, the best derby in the world. You don't make it about yourself. I'm sorry. That's I, I didn't like it, left a really bad taste in my mouth. And if he should have kept his mouth shut because he came in as a fat ass coming into this club. So that's unacceptable to me. Costa, do you have a quick thought on that? No, I think you guys covered it pretty much. I think uh, the only thing I will add, one first thing, Mitchell, when it comes to disciplinary issues, uh, we've seen it in the past. It doesn't really take a lot of shit. We saw with, uh, with Afalai and with Juan Pablo Pino, for those of you that remember him, those guys got into disciplinary trouble over behavior in training. I think this is somewhat similar. Uh, it's a disciplinary issue. He's put out stories in the morning of him in the gym saying, oh, look, I'm working between the lines, even though I'm not in the squad, I'm at the gym, I'm working, I'm trying to get fit. And then he puts out that message. And it's like, now some people, they came back at me on Twitter as well and were saying you know, similar things to Labro. Oh, he's just trying to say that he's fit and he is working. So didn't he just do that already? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, Marcelo's got to look in the mirror and ask himself the question in reality, is he ready to play left back for Olympiagos? Is he ready to come on the bench, uh, come off the bench and be a reliable option for us at left back? The answer is no. And we've been trying to hide him as well in Europe. He's been used in midfield and it's like we play with a man less. So Marcelo should look himself in the mirror. If he wants to, I think his last chance is this mini preseason that we're going to have coming up after the, or during the World Cup rather and if he doesn't come back fit after that uh, it's hard to get rid of him but honestly him and him and Vasalko they've contributed zero to this club since they joined and uh if they were you know if either of them are here or not it really makes no difference for me now and and in the future if if either of them are here or not very well said very well yeah. said Costa well let's let's move on uh back to the post match uh, before we get into some of the more controversial things, let's talk about what you guys saw, how we were set up, how we played. Uh, in the first half, Panathinaikos had more of the ball, but we were making the opportunities, which is weird because it's been the opposite for us almost all season, If even in the chances, the times that we actually were possessing more. Uh, but this time we were effective. In the first half, they were dominating the possession, but we anytime we got the ball, we were getting forward with it. We were getting forward quite well. Then as the half wore on, the pendulum switched. We were then dominating possession, smothering them, getting opportunities. And then the second half kind of started off the same way in that respect, uh, dominating possession, making opportunities, not taking advantage of a lot of opportunities. Guys, if I don't see an XG tomorrow of 2.5, I'm going to think something's wrong. We had so many opportunities, maybe even close to three. It was absurd. Uh, quick shout. I'll give a quick shout to Brignoli because he had some great saves. I mean, uh, as many... Uh, 
people were getting upset with Pep BL, including myself, with uh, the opportunities that were wasted early on. Same thing with Masuras. But they did get a couple of decent opportunities, despite the ones they missed also. Masuras had a lovely header, a lovely shot outside. Pep BL had a couple of decent opportunities and shots too. The guy made some great saves. But how did you guys see the game from the setup to how we performed? Uh, Costa, you start this time. Yeah, look, I think the the formation and the lineup was pretty much predictable for me. It's the same, I think the same lineup that we came out with last last time in the league. Um, the only difference in terms of the setup, BL was very clearly playing on the left wing and Masuras on, on the right. Otherwise, it's uh, is what we've what we've seen before, what we come to expect. So I think the the setup going into the game was good. The first couple of minutes, five minutes of the game, we we were playing inside their own half. They didn't have possession, and then it kind of you know swung back to them. And like you said, every time we got an opportunity to transition from from defense into offense, we moved the ball forward really well. And um, yeah, we had a couple of chances. I think we can we can fast forward. I mean, 62nd minute of the game and we had 10 shots and five on target. They had two shots, zero on target. That's 62 minutes into the game. And, you know, at, at halftime, we were kind of going in thinking, at, for me at least, this is the best performance we've, we've had all season. This is one of the best performances I've seen of an Olympiacos team playing away at Leoforos. Let's not forget, we failed to beat this team four times last season. Yeah. Um, so going into going into halftime, you're thinking, all right, positives to take, but we haven't scored again. And can we go out in the second half and get a goal? Can we go out in the second half and keep the, keep the momentum and you know, take the pressure from the end of the first half and keep going in the second because we've seen that we've been we've been one of those teams that plays good football for a half maybe and then just the second half is lost or vice versa so we came out in the second half we kept going and you know unfortunately in the end we <laughs> we played we played very well for 96 minutes and then the referee gives a penalty and and the, and, and the rest is history one one. So, yeah, that's my that's my quick summary of of the game. Mm. Uh, I guess what I would say is the first half reminded me a bit of Freiburg away. Um, like we were amazing in that first half. I think we had one point seven four xg. We were up one nil. I thought the same thing. I thought we were playing really well. Um. I I I thought the team was playing well. I also thought some of the interlink play between Huang, just just that midfield of Huang and Via and James Rodriguez and also Biel coming inside is such a joy to watch. Bakambu, I I I also really I I'm starting to enjoy him as a player. I'm just starting to the first thing that I would say is I'm really starting to enjoy watching Olympiacos play football again. It's been almost two years of a chore of watching the team play. And then I think to the shot, Biel had straight at Brignoli, the tap, um, the, the back heel from Bakambu to Biel to put it into him and him, him hitting it on the left foot. And you're like, fuck, this is such good football. You know, it's it was a huge derby. I was nervous here. Like my hands were 
or shaky. You know, I had my Koboloi like going like usual in a big game, but it, it was like fantastic. You, you're, you're seeing players who know where the other's going to be. They're going to make a good pass. And one thing I will say is I really enjoyed Avia tonight as well. Like that's really, I know he's going to get shattered by some in the, in the post game for the penalty. Um, uh, and I don't want to go to that right away because I hate this whole like penalty referee thing. But it's get it like, over with. Yeah, get it you over have with to. Me. You have to talk about it. So, anyway, Avia goes. Um, I see different opinions on it. I see both sides as well. That's the thing. Like, I see. I've seen this so many times where someone's coming up behind a defender and they put the arms out, and Avia was a, ahead of him the whole time. You know, he just put the arms out. I don't think he. I don't think he gave the full like elbow. Like initially I thought maybe he dropped an elbow into his face and that's what it was. But I think he, 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 he made more like this. He got him in the chest. And usually I will say something. I've seen that happen a lot where the penalties or the fouls not given when it's on the chest, you know, when someone puts their arms out their head and it gets you in the chest, it's not usually a foul. I could be wrong, whatever. But when it's a face, it's, it's always a foul. And, and the thing is, Avia is quite dumb here as well because let's say Yonidis is five centimeters or 15 centimeters shorter that nails him in the face penalty right if it was I don't know Palacios who I think is quite short it's an automatic penalty but um I see both sides I also looking at some of the angles I didn't know if he was inside or outside the box um people are saying take off the red glasses no I'm saying like I I I, I see both ends of it like I would see um, I would see it given as a penalty, but I also see like that. That's why it's really difficult for me um, to say definitively. Oh, it's not. A, it's a shit penalty. Like it's blah blah blah. I see it from from both sides, and I'm struggling because one thing I will say is like it's the 97th minute, and the ball is basically going out. Like, do you give a penalty there? I don't know. Anyway. My rant over, like, I see it both ways, guys. There's, for me, there's three issues. There's uh, three issues. Uh, and it's not, doesn't just have to do with the penalty. First and foremost, the game should have been whistled dead. That That's first. That's, yeah. Okay. The game should have been whistled dead. And six, six minutes? Six Where minutes? did six minutes did six come minutes from? Go? It was like, th- I thought it was three or four minutes bullshit. max. Utter there was bullshit. no injury. There was not a single energy injury, nothing. Yeah. There was no time wasting as well because we didn't get the lead until the 85th minute. There exactly. was no time wasting. There was six, seven minutes. Like, it makes yeah, no sense. For, anyway. Uh, aside from, I'm not even, I'm not even remarking on the nonsense of how much extra time. The first, the first thing is it should have been whistled dead. First. Second. The, I'm telling you why he gave the penalty, and this is an issue I have with VAR. Every time we looked and saw him looking at VAR, they are not looking at the foul in real speed. He is only looking at it slow. Everything looks worse when you slow it down. So what he sees is he sees a Vila turn his head, look at the defender, and and then put the arm up. That signals intent. And intent, as you guys know with the new rules now, when they discuss how penalties are done or handballs, Every intent surrounds so many things. There's multiple pieces of this. So they saw that they saw that there was intent. They saw that there was intent to 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 make to do something at least, and that was probably the impetus for that. He shouldn't have lifted the elbow. I know plenty of refs that are going to make that call. So I'm not going to dispute the fact that that was a penalty. I think more Avila needs to you know you play you you have to play until the whistle's blown. That's a you're a professional. You need to do that. Uh, but the, the, the whistle, the whistle should have been blown. Um, he never looked at it in real time. 
So, and and actually this third point by Yorgos Halkias here, the ball is in Libyakos' control. Um, it That matters in a, in a way, but because he was preventing, it's being looked at, he's preventing the guy from getting to the ball. That's going to be what, what they say. He, he actually prevented him from getting the ball by hitting him. Yeah, the guy was embellishing, um, but still, that, that's what the claim is. But the primary thing and what the guy saw is that he turned and looked at him first. That signals intent. And that's why that's why it happened. So uh, well, that was one. I think did I get everything? One, two, and three. Yeah. So the that's that's those are my issues with the call. One, it should have been the game should have been over. Period. Done. It was a penalty. Unfortunately, um, Avila should have been playing to the ninety and should have been playing. You know, with more concentration, shouldn't have done that. Um, and then at the same time, the ref should have seen that in real time because I've seen refs give it. But I've also seen refs not give it. it. To me, it was a soft, a very soft call. But that's how I see it. Those three issues. Some, if anyone can explain to me the six minutes, because some people are saying, "Oh, take your red glasses off." Explain to me the six minutes, and then I'll put blue glasses on. Like, what's your point? Was there an injury in the second half? Like, I don't think there was an injury. No, in the there whole was second no. Like, there was no stop. Like, I can't understand really where the six minutes comes from. But look, I think the big mistake. I think Avila's basically fallen into a trap. That's what it is. It's it's he's he's looked and as Ari said, when you see it on camera, he looks and he does this, and it looks bad. And mm -hmm. the the thing is. When the the ref gives a free kick and then he changes his mind before he goes to VAR, then he says, oh, hang on, let me check it. And he goes. And then the two um, the two pieces of footage that they show him, they're like, you know, one's from behind and then the other one's like far away. So how... He looks how, for less than like five seconds to yeah, like count it on my hand. Like one, two, he looked and then boom, ran How back. closely has he scrutinized that decision? So like, he doesn't care. So, you know, I came here to Greece for a couple of days. I'm going to get paid by Epo, by the fascists that control Epo. And then I'm going to, you know, have a free, free summer vacation that they probably offered him or God knows what. And I'm going to go back to Denmark and nobody's going to hunt me down. It's a that's ridiculous, and then I mean, obviously everyone's talking about this uh, after the game, and you see other replays, and you know, I knew this his foot is outside the box, so it's not it's not even a penalty. So well, didn't didn't the FIFA rules change it? It's now like you have to judge where the foul occurs, so his foot can be out of the box, but if the foul happens inside. Okay. Like on the line or inside. I think that was a rule change this summer. I also have a question. They didn't show him that the elbow. I think the foul was given because he thought. Because when you see the the elbow thing, it's usually because someone gets hit in the head, right? Right. Like when people box out, it's like they get nailed in the head, and that's a foul. And Yoannidis goes down like he's holding his face, like he got yeah. nailed in the face. Yeah. They didn't show him the angle of like he got nowhere, hit nowhere near the yeah. face. So I'm no. wondering, like, would he have given the foul if they showed him from the other angle where it just touched yeah. him on the chest? You know. That's one thing also that's people aren't really talking about. So I, I don't know but if originally he angle. was like the yeah, referee he, didn't see that angle. Referee didn't get given that angle as well. So I was the one that's going on Twitter of him giving the box out where it literally just hits him at the center yeah. of the chat. Like 
So I, I, I thought originally he gave the foul because he thought it hit him in the face because he was down there holding his face and like yeah. whatever. Um, I don't know. Those, those are the main. I think the referees, Adi, you would know better. They write up after the game like this. I, I do. don't know if he's mm-hmm. going to write up like, oh, foul because he elbowed him in the face. Like, because that's what I thought the decision was for. But but if that was for, I, then he went to VAR. He would have seen it wasn't in the face. Yeah. I'm telling you, but, it's because But they didn't show him Vila. the angle that it hit him on the face. They just showed him I, that thing from like 400 meters away. Like, it was really weird. What, he, what happened when he first called it, what happened was when he first called the foul. He placed it outside. The VAR room probably said, no, 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 that looks inside, which is why he then went. But then he said, wait, that kind of – he probably said, wait, he goes back. And the only reason he looked was for placement of the foul. He wasn't looking to reaffirm if it was a foul or not. A that foul was already him, yeah. in his head. He was just looking to see where's the place of the foul. Because remember, if it's it, – again, this is part of the rule change. If it's on the line, it's in the box. So if the foul occurs right on the penalty box line, it's a penalty. So at that point, if he's whistling a foul and it's in the box, it's a penalty. A foul in the box is a penalty. So he already had called the foul. That's a that that was a done deal. He had made that he had made that decision already. So he was just looking to double check his placement. So again, look, we can. It is what it is. It happened. It's a draw. But um, I I I know why he called it because Avila looks. There's intent, and then he does it. Theatrical, theatrical fall or not, the foul was given, and that that that's it. He yeah. he called the foul, and that's something. Again, I've seen refs call it. I've seen some not call it. I think it's soft, but if it, but it is. It's a penalty. Avila, I put more the decision to do that on Avila. Lack of concentration. He did something really stupid. We caught the penalty. My bigger issue isn't the fact that he called that penalty. My bigger issue is that the game should have been done. It should have been called dead at that point. That was my problem. Anyway, I think we've we've dwelled on this for for enough, and we can go round and round in circles and talk about the penalty. But let's try and talk. I about I hate more. it so much. I hate yeah, talking let's... about the penalty. I just hate that all so much. But it seems like yeah. it's always we get into these days. Like sometimes, and also, fuck. There was that one point in the first half where we had fucking eleven fouls called on us, and they had zero. Okay, anyway, calm down with the f bombs. No f bombs. I don't want to get banned. <laughs> But eleven fouls. Some the the Hamez foul in the first half was so absurd. He just like won the ball. We were on the counter, and he called it a foul. And it was. Uh, do, you, do you know what? Like at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the game, I thought I looked at the stats, and it was like 10, 10 fouls called on Olympiacos and zero on Panathinaikos after after 30, 30 minutes. And my first reaction to it was, I like that we're getting stuck in. But like you remember during during the game, we were texting each other, and I thought. This bloody ref, what's he doing? Like he's calling some ridiculous fouls, but like genuinely, you could see like the players were up for it, and we hadn't seen yeah. like this type of performance all season. Like literally, the team playing ninety minutes football, yeah. uh, uh, passion, um, interlink, like the, the 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 play. They they look like a team. They start to look like a team finally, and. Everyone else has a two-month head start because we screwed up massively this summer. So I go back yeah. to what I said at the beginning. Like my my positive takeaway from this game is that while we're super frustrated and we feel violated by what happened, we need to take that and turn it into a positive. And some of the feedback we, we've chatted to a few of the players 
after the game today, you can feel it. You can feel it from them that they they feel robbed, but they know that we have what it takes and they believe. And now the fan base starts to believe. And they made a big mistake tonight um, because even Olympiacos fans that were kind of, you know, in a shitty mood about the team and, you know, pissed off with the, or really pissed off with the, organogram and what's going on behind the scenes even those Olympiacos fans tonight like th- there aren't a Olympiacos fans b and c we're all together again after yes. what happened tonight and that's the biggest mistake they made tonight with what what's transpired on the pitch and that's what i think is a massive strength for us after this game i think we take this we go and we beat levadiagos we fill out, finally fill out the the Ayek game. Karaiskaki sold out against Ayek. We win. We end with two victories and we go into mini preseason. We get Oleg Rabchuk out of the team. Doran, I don't know what happens during preseason, but Leidner will get his chance as well in the friendlies. What, what, sorry, side note. What was this pass that Oleg made? that set up Spora. The first thing that you get taught as an amateur footballer, when you're a defender, what is it, Ari? What's the first thing a coach tells you for, if you're a defender? If, and you're in trouble, you clear. Yeah. Clear it. But the thing they tell you, never, never do this as a defender. Play the ball across oh, your own goal. Wrong. Ever. Ever. Oh, my God. Ever. That was That's one elementary. of the – that was literally – if that goal had gone in that Oleg gave up, I don't think he would like. There would have been trouble. Like, what, what guys? What, he was what a block! What a block! By the way, but there were also people saying that until that Oleg had a good game. No, he wasn't. He was yanking jerseys. He was yanking on the jerseys of any guy that was. A, he was getting beaten. That's why he's pulling jerseys because he was getting beaten. I'm sorry, I Oleg did not have a good game. He didn't get burned a lot, but he was not, he was struggling just because he's not getting beaten one-on-one day in and day out. That doesn't mean that he's having a bad game. The guy was struggling. He was struggling all game with the players around him. It was bad guys. All I have to say is thank. We have to be thankful that Palacios pulled up, be thankful that Palacios pulled up because Oleg was having trouble. He was having a lot of trouble. And we have to thank Socrates for, for bailing him out. Also, guys, so aside from Socrates, Ndoy. <laughs> this kid, this kid, he is Incredible. winning me over every Incredible. game. I, I love this kid. I, oh, my gosh. The Greek national team needs to do whatever they can to pick this kid up and make sure he plays for Greece. I'm telling you, this, this kid is – what a great surprise, man. If you had asked me which academy product – would be the one that would be the mainstay or that would get into Olympiacos this season. I would never have guessed him from the beginning. But, man, this kid is – I uh, he's won me over. Yeah. No, I, I would say, like, the strength. Verbich went into a duel with him and went flying and then went crying for a penalty. And it was like, you want to go shoulder to shoulder with a 19-year-old and go flying into the stands, mate. Like, embarrassing. But the best thing about Doi is he's both footed. Have you guys noticed that his left foot is like he's comfortable? Uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Like he, sometimes he, the ball goes to like Cisse's right foot, and you're like, oh shit! Like 
and doy left right doesn't matter you know it, it, it's it's like hassan's head it's it just solid you know it always works but yeah the, compo <laughs> the composure that that kid has for an yeah. 18 19 year old however old he is and while you know i'm of the opinion that 18 to 19 you should be playing yeah sapuzis like at 20 making his debut finished sorry before it started i might I, it might prove me wrong but at 18 19 you have to be playing i'm very happy for doy I, I had the same thought as you ari honestly um national team needs to call him up quick will they because we know who we know who runs the national team but that others got the interview as well and you know, whether you like him or not he said things about What's happening in the national team? Who Dust Poyet was at the game tonight. They interviewed him on Cosmo yeah. before the game yeah. as well. So he saw a freaking masterclass from Doi. Uh, yeah, because if we don't, Albania is going to pick Albania him up. Albania will take him. They'll they, take they him they so win. fast. They'll take him so fast. Yeah. 100%. It's not like Germany. It's not like you're competing with Stead U, who's got like Switzerland or like right. who it'll they'll struggle to give him a cap very fast. Or Vlahodimos, for example, was like amazing, but like Germany has Manuel Neuer and Ter Sagan. Like, are they going to give him a cap? No. But like, need to play one, him one other thing about that remember how we talked about last year how in some of the derbies like we didn't see some of that passion in the derbies like some of the players it didn't mean it didn't seem to mean as much to them that's why you have to you have to take a yeah. a punt on one of these guys because this meant something to enjoy like he was all over the place verbiage couldn't get out of his pocket i mean you love to see that and but and this is why you have to have somebody a, a product that's homegrown like for, forget there, somebody got upset with me talking about Greek ethnicity wise. I, when we say Greek, I'm talking about the the academy, the products that are home that we grow, homegrown. So it doesn't matter. As we, this is why we have to have players that are growing up in the system that understand the culture, that understand this because it means something to him, and he's going to fight for it. And you need to have that fight. So uh, that's that's why I bring that up, and I'm I'm just so happy to see that. This too, like when he stepped up. Yeah. To play Spora off offside, that's like, that's like the, the, the move of an experienced defender. Oh, yeah. Crazy game IQ, man. He has – we have a, a hidden gem here. Hidden gem for sure. Okay, guys. We're past 37 minutes. If you're joining for the first time, we're Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things – Olympiakos. I'm Costa joining from Brussels, Belgium, Ari, Baltimore, US. And Labra, are you in Hawaii? Where the hell are you now? I've lost track of you. I am in the Pacific Northwest in the Seattle area. There you go, guys. Drop us a line in the comments. Let us know where you're tuning in from. Hit the like button if you haven't done so already. More than more than well, a couple of hundred people that have been in here already. Don't forget to leave a like button. It really does help with the algorithm to get out to more Olympiacos fans around the world. Help us to grow the community. Subscribe if you're joining for the first time as well and don't miss your your next Olympiacos update. We've got lots more to talk about. Uh, we haven't talked about Marinakis' statement after the, um, after the game. Uh, we want to ask you guys, has this has today changed the title race? And we have a poll going on on, uh, on YouTube. A question, can Olympiacos win the league this season? So far, 70% of you have said yes. 
Uh, 30% no at the moment. So let us know what you think, guys. We're going to put a man of the match poll up pretty soon as well before we do man of the match and, and coaches' grades. Um, guys, do we want to say anything else about the game today? Any, any, Anyone we want to highlight in particular before we do man of the match? Or should we... Should we go straight to? I want to say I want to talk a little bit more about the game. I want to say Pep Biel was really fantastic as well tonight. Um, the first twenty-five minutes were, yeah. But like, there's a reason that this guy has the chances. You know, like, um, it, it's a bit El Arabi esque. Like last season, people were talking about El Arabi misses so many chances, but it's like there's a reason certain players get the final shot or the final assist. Like their positioning, movement, when. At some point, Pep Biel was running one-on-one -on -one with someone down the left or, like, running up to them. And you're like, Pep Biel can do something here. You watch Masuras do that, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, the attack's over. Or, like, Oleg, for example, and you're like, okay, goal kick, other team. But, like, Pep goes, and and you have this feeling, because he still has legs. He can run. And when he's running out at someone, you feel like something could happen. Um, see, some people say, like, they disagree. I, I think Biel is building confidence. This is not his natural position. I think he's building chemistry with players. Um, I, I really like the player. I I know it's easy to say we bought him for six million euros, but I really I really do enjoy the player. And Bakambu I do like, but I still don't think he's fit, guys. Like sometimes on the press he's so slow on the press, but then there's sprints for a ball in the attacking third where he can win it or he's got the ball, and you're like Jesus, he he has some wheels, but you don't see that all the time. It takes him a while to get going. And sometimes he's just like, I don't want to run for this or I don't want to press. So I want to see him get going into the preseason, second preseason, and see whether he can get even more fit, those legs. He can run even more than he has been so far. Some of his interplay with Biel was good today. Really like good. Some, like some flicks into the box. Those two were linking up really well down the left-hand side. That was nice to see. And I agree with you. I think he hasn't, he hasn't fully gelled into the team. Probably not. Not super fit yet, but uh, it was better than than some of his other performances. Like some of the some of the link up play, like the the hold up, and I think it was it was Biel that he teed up again. Like when he received the ball in the box and he laid it off to him, and Biel had that shot that was blocked. And then there was another incident down the left where he, Biel played it into Bakambu, and then he flicked it back into Biel, and I think Biel had another shot blocked. I worry about some of you guys, like they're like, oh, Biel wasn't good today until the goal. I, I don't know what sport you guys are watching sometimes. Sorry um, if, I'm, if I'm being a dickhead, but um, I, I saw a player or I see a player that's played everywhere since he's joined. He hasn't played consistently one position. He's played behind the striker. He's played on the right. He's played on the left. He's played in the 4-4-2 formation. Uh, he, he was dropped. He wasn't even on the bench against Balk. And uh, I see a player that, that runs all the time. He doesn't hide. He goes and he looks for the ball. He presses as much as he can. What do you want? Like, what do you guys want from this guy? Like, yeah, he could have scored another couple of goals today if, if and, but he's getting into the positions. He's getting into the positions. He scored a goal. And, uh, and for me, it can only get better. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, he was amazing, but okay, let's, uh, let's chill out a little bit. No, I, I, um, I'm gonna kind of echo uh, so a similar sentiment. Like I didn't think he was horrible. I thought he was better. Uh, for me, when when he when we played against, um, oh my god, uh, was was it was it Freiburg away? I think it was Freiburg away. 
It was. Uh, when I thought he was uh, one you of the, was the worst on the pitch. When I thought he was the worst on the pitch. But um, today I didn't think I didn't think the same thing. You know what I mean? Even though he was struggling in the beginning, I thought the same thing. He that that first shot that he had, I thought you know he had a bad first touch and. It should have been a little closer, maybe a quicker shot. We could have had something there. But, no, I mean, I thought he was linking up pretty well today, um, all things considered. Yeah, he got um, – uh, I want to see him get on the ball more. But, you know, I'm not going to be pissy about 50 touches. That's better than what we were seeing in the past. I want to see this guy on the ball more and more. He's got so much talent. So I thought today at least was an improvement. Uh, we also got a uh, – uh, a donation. Thank you, Ira Core. Uh, imagine the reaction of the rival team's fans if a penalty like this was given to Olympiacos on the last second of a derby game. Utter hypocrites. Yeah, man, we talked about the penalty earlier. Uh, we're with you there. Um, thank you so much for the for the donation, man. Uh, all of it helps. We have a lot of guys, as we've mentioned before, we're, we're working up towards merch. Uh, we're working up towards uh, better systems, more things that we can do for you guys, better content to create for you guys. All of these donations continue to go to things like that. So we do have some fun stuff coming, um, targeting for the uh, probably just after the holidays. But uh, we're working on all of that for you. So thank you so much. And don't forget, a lot of new people coming in and tuning in. Like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. It's cost you nothing. Just hit the like button. And subscribe. The only thing, maybe uh, hit the bell if you want to be notified anytime that we go live. So do that real quick while we're reminding you. It takes about 10 seconds and help mm -hmm. us continue to grow the red white community. Yeah. Also, I want to make a few shout outs of players before we move on as well. In Bumpwang, moments looks like levels ahead of like a prime Guillerme. Like, you know what I mean? Like some of those things where it's just like quick footwork in, out, left foot, right foot, pass, interplay. And it was, this guy is like the Guillerme replacement. You know how long we were talking about like, who's the Guillerme replacement? Like Inbom Huang is- Who's Guillerme? Exactly. Fucking <laughs> fantastic, man. I, some, it's a joy to watch him football. The, and the interlink with, with James Rodriguez too in moments, just, Oh my god! Like we're watching football again. Like oh my, yeah, it, it, it's just incredible. I have no words for it. It, it. I almost forgot what it was like to watch stuff like that. It was incredible. I, I don't know. It's the way they moved the ball around between Envila, James, and Bonpoint. I mean, it's we incredible. actually had moments where it was like I, I remember I texted. I think it was like right before the first Pep BL shot. I was like, look at this interplay in the final third. Where it what, yeah. what is and I would say it? this too, Michel told us, but like he looks so fit, guys. Like I I, I want to hold off on saying this. He looks so fit and strong. Like he looks the better most than when we've he came ever back. seen. I have never seen him look I've like I've never that. seen him look this good. Like he looks better than when he came back from the first injury, like much stronger, much direct. Like yeah. his body, too. Do you guys notice that? Like the body, even his posture is so much better. It's I, I just can't wait until we can see more because he in the 20 minutes he's played it's been really good too i'm really excited to see what he can do as well and he gets this this new preseason as well because didn't he get cut from the martins preseason yes he did yeah. so like he also is like out there um so i'm i don't know i people like in our group chat martial was like very negative and blah 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 and we were, but i am so positive coming out of this game even for like that it felt like shit like felt like a loss at the end there but 
like Olympiacos is making a team again where we're we're see we're not getting like a lucky result or we're not bouncing back, but it's like we're playing good football, team spirits there, like there's unity. The players are united. And also finally, Costa mentioned it real quick, but the fans are so back. They're gonna sell out against Ike like for the first time. Like this is the, the fan like the fans are so back. You can see it. Like they're so united right now, Olympiacos fans. Because they can see a team as being made. I think Dionisi said it like the fans of Olympiacos, like on his live just now, goes like they're not stupid. And that's really true. Some of the propagandists think they are and they tried to push it. But like Olympiacos fans see that there is a team being built here and they're starting to play football. Like, you know, there's, there's something coming here. And I'm excited to see what's next. Even if this result didn't go our way, I'm confident. We're going to turn things around. That's just my opinion, but yeah. yeah. But Panathinaikos is dropping points now with Palacios hurt. God knows how long he's going to be out for. Uh, the the their their lead has not been sustainable. It's not. It's not sustainable. They're going to drop points. I, I I would be really surprised if they didn't. It's it's coming, and also Ike dropped points as well today in Tripoli. It was like I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a historic storm in Greece, like really bad rain. Hope everyone stays safe, like no flooding, and your houses are okay and whatnot. But yeah, the championship's there to be had. Ten points, like I don't I don't really care. Ten points, like I really think it's all about how you play football, the togetherness of the team, togetherness of the fans, and I think we're we're starting to get that and. Yeah. So are all three of us saying yes to this question? Has the title uh, has the title race changed? Do we believe that we can still win it? Are we were saying before the game or you know our our friends Costas Llanos were saying that this is do or die if we don't win it's over. What do you guys think? Do you guys think we can still win the league? Well, for, so for me it's 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 not so much the result itself but it's the manner with which we got the result. If this was an ugly 1-1 draw, I'd have been like, forget about it. But we saw a team that played like it was a derby that they had to win and should have gotten a result, didn't get the result they deserve. And on top of that, now they're going into the rest of the games with a huge chip on their shoulder. Because when you have teams, when you have a team that is motivated, plays well, knows they're the best team, but then also thinks that there's somebody against them, that there's somebody outside of this that's trying to keep you from doing something that motivates you even more. So mm. be, it's more because of that context that I have a belief that it changed. Because if it was just an, uh, another ugly derby, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't feel like this. But all of that added together makes me think that okay, no, this is this is something. Uh, this is this is something that the other teams now need to be afraid of because not only do you have the most talented roster without a doubt in the Greek Super League, those guys also now have something that they want to fight for, but, and they're pissed. That, Adi, that's the thing. Like anyone, like I, I think if I watched the game with one of my buddies from who don't watch Greek football, they would say like the ten point gap. Clearly, Olympiakos is ahead by ten points. Watching the game right. tonight, like anyone watching the game tonight would be like. Oh, this Olympiacos team is much better than Panathinaikos. They must be up ten points. They're dominate or not dominating them. Well, on shots in 
on target. They were dominating. They did nothing, man. They did nothing. Just say it. Just say it. They did nothing all game. Zero shots on target. Does anyone think they're better than us? They're nowhere near it. Like, even when, you know, when they do that stupid graphic where they show all the players, the starting 11s with them on the pitch, they showed theirs and you're like, okay. And then they showed ours and you're like, we are so much better at them at almost every position. It's just putting it together. And it feels like we're slowly starting to do that. And maybe I'm going to be an idiot at this end of the season, but I think this is the most important question. If Odebelko stays in the championship, I think they're going to win the league. That's my opinion. And I'm always the negative one. So I'm saying it right now. We're going to win the league at the end of the season. I'm very confident in it after watching tonight. And I think the Odebelko's players can feel that confidence. And I think the Panathinaikos players can as well. That's that's my you opinion. Could, you could feel it from the television. You yeah. could feel the Panathinaikos fans that they knew they knew that they were outclassed and outplayed today. You could hear it in, just, you know, the the pressure that we built in the second half. And we, we were outside their box and they were clearing the ball and we were picking it up and going at them again. And you could hear the moaning and the groaning in Lil Forest and just the atmosphere getting quiet and, you know, waiting for the inevitable, which happened. And we scored and we went 1-0 up. Um you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say I think I think not getting the win tonight might be a blessing in disguise. Because I think I think we're the kind of team that if we'd have won today, we could have gone not not necessarily to Levadi Aguas and drop points, but we you know we'd drop points in the next two games. And now the next two games are absolutely critical. You go go to Levadi Aguas, do the business, get the three points, go back, uh go back and play Karaiskagi derby game against Ajax and win that. I have a feeling that if we'd have won today, playing devil's advocate a little bit here, there would have been a, this sense of euphoria and say, oh, you know, Olympiakos is back and, you know, we're going to walk everything. And, you know, that mentality then creeps into the dressing room and the team and the players and then they go out and, you know, they're overconfident. Now, now they're hurt. Like those players in the dressing room, they're hurt. They're frustrated, and they're going to take that. From, from, they're going to take that into all the remaining games this season because they saw, they experienced what happened today, and they will not, they will not forget what happened on the pitch today with with the refs, and they will remember that every single game that they play for the rest of the season, and that gives me, that gives me a great deal of hope moving forward. But we need to get results. We need to get results. Yeah. Playing football is great, but we need to string some results. It's something we haven't done all exactly. season. We need to start. We doing need to it. win the big game with Ike. Like the game against Ike. I don't want to look past Levadia, of course, but like the stadium needs to be so full. We need to win that game. We need to make it all worth it going into this break. We need to win that game. Um, yeah, that's really my takeaway. We just we need to win these last two games. And we need to build confidence going in this break. And also we need to win a derby. Like we haven't won a big game all season. Let's say that as well. Let's be honest. We've not won, won a big game in Europe. We've not won a big game in the league. We need to win a derby and get that off our back against Ike and go into the World Cup and build, you know, on what we've we've done so far. I just want to read this comment uh, from Bill Papas joining us, I think, from, from Facebook. We have won championships by Christmas in the past and slacked off in the second half of the season. Olympiakos just doing it the other way around. <laughs> this year, yeah, you could say that. And I think on the last episode, I said 
that after this season, there won't be playoffs. Because yeah, playoffs is when we turn it around. I, if not before. I think that's a good take because I, th I think that's a good take. Let's just leave it at that. I, I think yeah. that's... Yeah. No more playoffs. If Olympiacos wins the no, but if Olympiacos wins the title this season, there won't be playoffs next season. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. because if there are no playoffs this season, Panathinaikos probably walks the title. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Regular season's over. Regular season's over. Yeah. So that's my opinion. Now they have to play more games. They wanted to play more games. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. This is the yeah. first season that playoffs will actually matter for something. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like what you want the playoffs to be for when it's yeah. interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Let's see. There's more drama to come. There's so much more drama. Oh, to come. Yeah. You're really going to leave oh. the league when there's more of this? Like, I don't know. Anyway, All right. do we want to talk about? Yeah, there we go. Costa yeah, we have to talk about it. Let's. Let, what, what, what did he say? Who's going to translate this for us? I don't know. I don't have it up, but I can I can look. Anyway, I'll, I'll start off by saying, so Ordi Bakos was not happy with the penalty call. We've already discussed this. Uh, coming out of the game, Yanis Verezos, who's like a right-hand man of uh, the chairman, Marinakis um, came out and said, he said that like basically Greek football is being run by a fascist dictator. Along those lines, I think he said, I don't have the statement. And that there's considerations that Olympiakos will leave the Greek championship. Like it was his personal opinion. It was yeah. his personal opinion. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and so he went on TV, and people were like, "Well, that's a bit freaking strange." Like to say well, we're going to leave the championship. Like everyone's pissed off, but like okay. And then the chairman came out. I don't know if anyone has a statement up. We we listened to it, yeah. um, and he essentially reasserted that he was like. Uh, he, he talked about Batakos, who, of course, is the former New Democracy politician who had ties with Golden Dawn, who's running Greek football. He's the president of the Greek Football Federation, um, quite political. He's pretty well-known Panathinaikos fan. He's had season tickets, I think. He's been seen at the games before before becoming the, the president of the federation. So Olympiakos, of course, had some negative thoughts of when he became the president. Um, anyway, so he he discussed that and... I don't know. Maybe I'm rambling. Costa, you want to? Yeah, no, on? I mean, the, the 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 gist of it is the following, that basically he says, yeah, the team got butchered by the referee, that the Greek Federation is bought and paid for, that the referee was bought and paid for, um, that it's uh, people behind the scenes and organized crime that are that are running things at the Greek Football Federation, things that he's said before. Um, and getting to the the juicier part, he says, from the moment the game ended tonight, we've received, we, the Olympiagos, uh, Bayer, they've received thousands of messages of frustration from fans that want to see the circus stop, uh, the circus that we're all witnessing. How can we do that? He says, um, by not allowing Olympiagos to, to be part of this parody. So he didn't say take the club out the league, but he says something along the lines of by having Olympiagos not being a part of this, of what's going on, 
Um, ultimately, he said that um, there will be a board of directors meeting and that uh, the board of directors will have a discussion and they'll take the, the opinions of the fans into consideration in whatever decision the club makes moving forward on the, the you know, Olympiakos's participation in, in the Greek Super League, I guess, or Greek Cup. And maybe I'm taking it, maybe I'm already kind of taking things a step further because the natural kind of question that arises here is okay you know the basketball club did it can we do it the same way and the answer yeah. to that is no, no. Mm-hmm. because in basketball Olympiacos has a contract with the Euro League so there was it, it's not a question of you know Olympiacos needs to win the league or finish second so that you can qualify for Europe and coefficients and so on and so forth these are contractual obligations Olympiacos plays in the Euro League has a contract with Euro League um, so if we were to pull out of Greek competition, I'm saying now off the top of my head, like legally speaking, then that would pull us out of Europe too. I'm not hundred percent sure about that statement, but no, you're right. You're, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Because okay, so... if we, if we, you have to compete in your domestic competition yeah. to be able to compete with UEFA. So don't forget, Olympiacos doesn't have a deal with the Super League. We also have a contract with UEFA too, because we are governed overall by uefa every regional league is governed in the hierarchy uefa is the the top dog here so anything that we do would have repercussions with uefa so don't make no mistake yeah look i I think i I think the only and this just came to mind now but i think if the club could the club turn around and say like as a protest we're not going to compete in the greek cup like, do we have anything to win from that? Like, I, I don't know. Like, like generally, like the the the, the Marinakis administration and Olympiacos as a club, it's never been a club that kind of like throws the towel in or gives up and say, oh, you know, we're not going to compete there. It's not, it's not a very Olympiacos thing to do. I, I I think there are a lot of things going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of political considerations uh, to, to take into account as well. And we're not a political show, so we're not going to. We're not going to get into the politics of all this. And, you know, all of you guys have your own opinions. And a lot of you guys that watch the show, listen to the show, uh, are are in Greece. And, you know, there's a lot of things happening in Greece. Um, So you can try and connect the dots if you you want and, you know, see, see and make up your own opinions. But that's not really for us to kind of start talking about what's going on politically in Greece and how this relates to... Greek football and Olympiakos' decision on whether or not we are in the league or not. But there are definitely political considerations there, um, yeah. for sure. Well, there's there's two facts that I think everybody should consider when thinking about this. And the first fact is, the, think, of, think about the money that is involved right now with the Super League. It's not a lot. We all know that. Uh, the deal that Olympiakos just did, the $55 million with Cosmote for three years, that's the biggest the biggest tv rights deal in greece that's ever occurred so i mean most you know the top leagues are going to look at that and they're going to be like oh my god that's nothing 18 million a season 18 and a half million a season that's nothing but for greece that's that's big money so what does olympiakos have in its in the bargaining power of this whole thing you take olympiakos out of the greek league there you're taking most of the money the tv rights the reason a lot of advertisers come in Olympiakos is the money is is the big money attraction in that respect. On the other hand, you have UEFA, and UEFA probably doesn't give two shits about the Greek league. I'll be honest with you. 
So those are just two things I want everybody to consider when you're thinking about when you're thinking about this whole situation. You do have a team that's a, a big fish in a small pond, and that's it. It's it's a small pond. So in the grand scheme of things, who is UEFA going to care? If this were happening in a top five league, they would probably have it under a microscope a little bit. And UEFA's tired, man. Like UEFA has come to Greece and tried reforming and tried doing things and the holistic um, committee or whatever the they call it. Holistic committee. No one listens. No one cares. Like the Well, there was the report that came out of that big meeting that they had a couple of years ago with the was it Big Four or Big last Five? Last year. It was last year. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, nothing happened with that. Uh, what was it? Uh Mitsotakis made a big statement in the parliament yeah. as well about violence in Greece and that if, you know, these kinds of things happened again, then, uh, you know, there'd be a Grexit. You see, you guys see what happened with the Atromitos and the Aris fans? Yeah, it's so bad. Aris yeah. fans, they got attacked by by police, police on the street and they would, you know, I, I, read a, I read an article, they were saying that the police were asking them, oh, how's Alkis? So the, the, the kid that Pauk fans killed in Thessaloniki last year, they had police like on they they recorded them asking them oh how's algis it's like oh, it's yeah let's... sick society right now a bit it's, it's just football is tied to everything you know like it's tied to the the country it's tied to politics it's tied to tied to everything and it's so difficult sometimes doing things not making things political but like what at some point someone needs to say like okay we need to have the, the thing with Baldakos is like and epo as it was zagoraki the moment zagorakis went in and everyone said okay this is a well-respected national icon yes he played for Pauk, whatever um he's an mep like for fuck's sake he's an mep and he goes and five months later he's like this is a disaster Someone should have say, okay, it's time we need to revamp this whole organization. If a national hero, Euro 2004 champion, goes in and is like, I'm out. Three months, three months three, later. Three Not months just later. that, a real football guy. A real no, football guy like, went into the position and was like, this is a disaster. I can't fix this. Yeah. I'm gone. And then, and then leaves. And then you have... Uh, you have statements from Chartas too on Betarades where he's like, Melisanidis helps like basically select the national team and there was no investigation or anything and i know like talking about this stuff is so messed up like i don't want to talk about this stuff to be honest with you but it's like the whole organization just needs to be reformed and who, who's gonna do it because then there's talk like oh the mitsotakis government's connected with uh, vagelis marinakis how will that work like if they reform it maybe it will be for olympiakos but the, the fact of the matter is someone like Baldaco shouldn't be in a position of power in football in period you know like yeah what does he know about football it doesn't does it matter if he's like a panathinaikos season ticket holder and goes to most of their games kind of but like also he doesn't know anything about football he like is a, a failed politician of like neo-Nazis. He shouldn't be the dad of, of football in the country, but I'm interested to see where this goes because this is going to go somewhere. This is really, this is connected to, to high up high end political scandals, I think as well in the country right now. So we're, we're just, what are we going to say about this? We're just a football fucking podcast. What are we going to talk about? You know? So it's not our job. I think we said enough already. But I don't want to leave the league, though. I don't want to leave the league because I'm finally starting to see Olympiacos play football. And, like, I'm 
the ref or no ref, like I, I want to see us play football. You know, we're starting to play football. I was happy today. I enjoyed today's game. Yes, the ending was was bitter, but yeah, you know what I mean. It was it, it was an enjoyable game. To it was watch. a good game of football. It was a, it was a fantastic representation of the game abroad. Like, yeah, there was no violence. There were no riots. There was none of that. Like. I know quite a few reporters from abroad were at the game, French reporters, British reporters. I think even a few American reporters went. Like, they saw something that was, for 95, 96 minutes, was like a good representation of Greek football passion, <laughs> excitement. But then they got the extra bit at the and end. And they got the extra bit at the end. They got the whole picture. But no, they got honestly, the whole picture. I think for a, for a neutral, it was, a, it was a good game to watch. And I, oh man, I, I think back to the last last season's equivalent game the nil nil draw well i was literally falling asleep like every, yeah it was every three minutes prime martin's ball in january you remember oh. that yeah that was yeah no this was exciting i like it, it was one of those games for the first time i don't want to say the first time this season we've had a couple of decent games this season but it was like the whole game i never wanted to leave my seat like i didn't want to get up i was just watching because it was exciting and it felt like stuff was going to happen. We things were happening. So I love having that feeling back. So and you need to have that. And uh it's you know, we're over an hour here, guys. So I think it's about time we uh end on our normal ending segment, which is man of the match and coaches grade. Um there's a lot of a lot of players that you could pick for this. So I think uh let's see. Ghost, I know you don't like to start, so you can start this time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> I'm gonna use my one F bomb for <laughs> No, look, you know, I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna go to the poll first and, and see what people are saying. So um we've asked we've asked fans to vote your man of the match. We've put in bomb Huang, Pep Biel, Andreas Doy, and other 57% of you have voted for Inbom Huang. 14% of you voted Pet BL. 18% Andreas Doe. And 11% other. I assume the, uh, the 11% is probably Hamas Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, seen some of the comments uh, as well. Look, man, I, I, um, I think in, in the first half, when we were chatting to each other, I said, like to see Juan get on the ball more and dominate this game and I think he did exactly that uh, there, were, there were moments of like you know our our best moments in the first half like he was there he was all thereabouts and then in the second half it was just a show every time he got on the ball he just couldn't get it off him and there were like you know moments where there were two players around him and he'd play his way out of trouble and surge forward and just you know take the whole team with him and it was it was a joy to watch. So I think for me, plain and simple, in Bom Huang's my my man of the match. Special shout to Adidas Doi too, who we we talked about already. I think everyone really gets a good rating for me, except for <laughs> except for Masuras and Ole. It just it just feels like sometimes we're playing with ten men. Well, like, I mean, the positions that Masura's got himself into again today and the one in particular where Biel's played a peach of a ball over the defence and 
Masuras takes one step, he takes two steps, he takes three steps, he takes four. It's like, shoot! Mm. It was like six steps. Too many. So how many steps do you take to tee yourself up to shoot with your left foot? Six more. Uh, So frustrating i don't know if it's a 5.5 uh, 5.5 rating that that that, that muscle us has been getting every week for the last however many match days um but yeah no a good 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 team performance and just you know fantastic individual performance from from inbom in particular hammers as well but i'm just getting bored of like, hammers being our best player every week so <laughs> No, I mean, he, and there have been comments in the chat as well that I want to address. You know, people are asking, um, what's his contract? Like, what's the situation? He's on a one plus one year contract. Um, I don't know if, is it, I don't know if it's like basketball where the player has an option or whether the team has an option, but it's one plus one and they both need to negotiate. It's it's unclear because like with Marcelo, it's one plus one, but he has to play like a certain number of games for that for that okay. clause to be activated. But we never got a clear picture of okay, it's one plus one, but what's the plus one? Like, mm-hmm. is it just they agree for another one? It, like, does something have to be met? So, I don't know. That one's different. But I mean, at, at this stage, guys, uh, there was a question or rather a comment that was made earlier. This guy asks what he asks. You give it to him. The way the way he looks. I mean, and and, and I've said it before. Every week, I think he adds kind of five percent to his fitness. It's like you know, from fifty-five percent to sixty, sixty-five. Every week, he gets a little bit better. He loosens up a little bit more. So um, yeah, for me, if he keeps on, if he keeps on like that, you give him whatever he asks. And you go into Champions League qualifiers, hopefully, or European qualifiers next season, and you've got a player like that. It's like, okay, we mean business. Okay. Yeah. Co- Coach is great after. I think you can do it now if you want. Now? All right. Um, B minus, Mitchell, and I'll tell you why. I think he should have brought a defensive midfielder on the last few minutes of the game. Some mm. circle, yeah. That's the only thing I think I can criticise him for. Um, otherwise, like, the right starting 11... Uh, I see why he bought Vrusai on, but Vrusai didn't do much. Um, I thought Josh Bowler was all right when he came on. He won a foul, like up the other end. Um, but yeah, I think he should have brought a defensive midfielder on as well to try and pack the midfield and, and stop them from attacking. It would have, could have helped. Uh, that's the only negative thing I have to say for, for the coach. Um, mm. So my man of the match will be uh, Inbom Huang uh, as well, uh, especially the second half was... Oh my God. I, I just love this player. My favorite signing of the summer. He continues to play extremely well. Uh, coaches grade for many of the same reasons, but uh, B minus, uh, I'm actually going to go a little higher and I'm going to just say a B. Uh, but for the same, for the same negative, I, I think he should have brought on a defensive midfielder as well. And yeah, that's, that's it for me. You cost already brought up pretty much everything else. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go in Bom Huang as well, man of the match. Um, and coach's grade, yeah, I would say B or B minus for Michel. Um, it's kind of a, a, a catch-22, I guess. I, I was happy that he didn't bring on Red Source. Like, I thought he was going to bring on Red Source, and I was like, please don't bring on Red Source, you know. 
Um, so I was happy with that decision. Vajrasai, I saw why he brought on. Um, but I would have brought on Bowler, Samaseko, I agree. But overall, I think he lined up exactly how I would have wanted to line up. 4-2-3-1, played well. Decisions were good. I don't know. I'd, I'd give him a B, B plus. Like the rest of the team, I thought he coached a pretty good ma- match today. So that's it. All right. There you go. Well, yeah. You heard yeah, it here, guys. All right. Well, well, let's see the end of the poll. It's pretty, you know, there's a majority there for Inbom Huang. So I think we're all more or less in agreement there. But yeah, guys, no, it's uh, it's coming up to 12.30 here, Brussels time, uh, 1.30 time in Greece. I don't know what time it is over there, Labro. Is it afternoon still? Yeah, 3.30 in the afternoon. 3.30 in the afternoon, Pacific time, US. Yeah, in Hawaii next week as well, so... Take some pictures on the beach with your Olympiakos. It's going to be my first derby in Honolulu since I think I was a kid almost. So it's going to be another 5 a.m. wake up call or something. So, yeah. Well, guys, that's all we've got time for. Uh, we're Gateshaven International, your number one English source for all things Olympiakos, all things red and white. If you haven't done so already, please don't forget, hit that like button. It really does help and it takes you less than a second to just hit that like button. It helps us a lot to get out to more fans across the world. Help us to keep growing the community. Olympiakos, uh, the counter-attack has started, I think, after after today. Um, next game against Levadiagos on Wednesday. We'll be back We'll be back after that game and then Ayak at the Garaiskaki before the World Cup. So another, you know, every every game's a final, guys. And the next two games are must-win, as we've said already during today's show. So subscribe if you haven't done so and hit the bell so that you get a notification next time we go live and look forward to chatting to all of you guys again very soon. Wherever you are, have a good night. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and see you next time.